This is The Straight Dope. We are in the middle of a series that I'm focusing on field shooting skills, but all these will apply to anything that you're doing. Concepts are pretty general. However, the filter that I'm looking through is definitely field shooting applications. So if you don't do field shooting, it will probably still apply. You just got to be a little more creative. Take what I have to say, adapt it for your outlet, and it should be good. We talked about adaptable precision, quick target indexing, and today some thoughts on effective simulation. Before I get started, I want to thank Mile High Shooting. I want to thank Snipers Hide. And I want to thank you guys for listening and those of you who are supporters of the podcast. If you want to support the podcast and spend a few bucks, go to riflecraft.com and become a subscriber. That helps a ton and it promotes these podcasts. If you don't want to spend anything, but you still want to help, share it, talk about it, tell your friends, and send an email to Mile High for supporting the podcast. Let's keep this conversation going. They're a little bit shorter, I guess, but I think they're worth keeping separate and talking about it you know, in the context of what they are. And when it comes to the skills that we train and shoot, I think that there's kind of scaled tiers and it really depends on your level of shooting. People that come to the assessments, we give them levels. People that I coach, we create levels and track those levels towards goals and standards that they need to accomplish. But, but you could do it yourself if you use whatever your metrics are and scale them up. So I, I'm, I'm more or less talking to somebody who has the competency to perform these skills. If you've never competed or you don't have an outlet and you don't know where your levels are, it might be a little harder. On the other hand, I'll try to be kind of as general and, and, and apply it to different levels as we talk through this because when it comes to simulation, I think it's very important if we're talking about achieving certain levels of performance. And what I mean by that is that at first, a certain level of performance is just figuring out how to shoot and hit anything, right? And so it's not unusual to see people showing off their equipment. And the inherent accuracy of a system is generally pretty good. And in a really solid, secure rest, you can see that the inherent accuracy of most rifles nowadays is going to be probably half inch. And um, that's taking out all of the inputs that create groups from opening up in an application that's very hard to do, right? The very, very best, the elite shooters are shooting at a level where they're getting close to the inherent accuracy of the systems. Every, you know, most shooters are adding inaccuracy in a variety of ways. So when you're creating these effective simulations, you have to take into consideration that there is an objective standard for the targets that you're shooting at. So if you're shooting paper and you've got good accuracy or good, you know, what you think is good enough and you start changing positions, doing rifle craft tests and assessment and you say, okay, well, as I'm changing the heights that I'm shooting from, or if you want to call them positions, that's fine. And the accuracy and precision is still pretty good then I think it's probably a good idea to start layering in things that simulate the competition or the outlet that you're going to go to. And really, the reason that's important is more or less the way our brains work. Our brains really link as much data from the environment that applies to the thing that we're doing 
and joins those performance factors together. And, you know, when I'm talking to Frank, a lot of times he talks about his car. You'll jump into your car, you'll know if it doesn't fit right. And when you're driving, you'll respond in a certain way after, after you've been driving for a while because while you're driving, the context of driving, your brain's able to take these motor patterns and these reflexes and apply them. And so if something happens when you're driving, you might be able to do things that out of context, you wouldn't do the same thing. If you were sitting at your desk and something moved, your right foot isn't going to take off the gas or hit the brake or shift gears, and it's not going to move a steering wheel one way or the other. If you're on a bike and the tire slips, that feels different than when you're driving and the tire slips. And when you correct, that correction might not be exactly the same. Even though you have those motor patterns and skills, they're not linked in your mind the way that they would be in a car and I think shooting works that way. The, 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 at the very basic level of it, we've got a, a certain number of tasks that we're performing in the things that we're doing that, that apply to shooting. And I think that when it comes to simulation, you have to have some of those base things squared away pretty well. And so the, the motor skills that we develop are really good to assess on paper. Those motor general skills that come in a technical sense from just manipulating and shooting the rifle. But let's be honest, shooting a rifle is pretty fucking easy. It sits there and you pull a trigger. So that part is, is pretty easy. And we learn to do less to the rifle. And as we do less to the rifle, it tends to be more consistent. And we start to approach that uh, inherent accuracy of the system. And at first it's easy to do too much. And so we're, we're adding error. We add so much error that then we learn to withdraw those inputs and be much more uh, consistent technically. And those technical things could probably just be isolated to holding a rifle or, or, or being attached somehow to a rifle, but attached without too much input to that system. The, the physical component of it, uh, you know, if you're mobile, and, and I'm not talking about running and gunning, and I'm not talking about things that are actually much more physical, uh, then we layer in these mental components of, you know, knowing what to do, responding in the appropriate way, and making the decisions that are appropriate in the context of the outlet that we're doing. Those start to become the factors that determine winners and people that aren't winning. And you know, I think that the majority of shooters at a competition generally go in with a certain level of competence where technically they're probably much closer in terms of their ability to just pull the trigger. But the mental component of knowing when and what to do, where and how, and make those very subtle fine-tuned adjustments, those are contextual. I think they're contextual. And I think that they're linked to the outlet that we're performing in a way that's very specific. And that's where these um, simulations can up your game if you do it right. And some of it is, is very easy. If you know the time frame, you should be performing things that are in the time frame of the outlet that you're doing. If you know a certain target size, you should be looking at target sizes that are appropriate in a layout that's appropriate in a distance that's appropriate so that your eyes get used to seeing something that 
looks like what you're going to see. That way your brain says, I know what that looks like. I know what to do. I'm going to respond accordingly. As you start to layer that more like the thing that you're going to do, your performance at that technical level then becomes linked to what your eyes and your senses are seeing in the context of the outlet that you're going for. And I probably can't overstate how important I think that that is. If you're simulating these scenarios ahead of time, you're going to learn what's important. You're going to learn what stands out and what might need to be taken in before you choose to make the shot. And in the field, you're making a lot of decisions based on the things that you see, things that are in your way, positions that might be available, where the targets are, locations, how you're going to engage them. And if you're just sitting on a bench looking down a lane at a piece of steel, none of those decision-making elements get applied to that training. And if you're doing it separately, they're still not linked behaviorally so that you respond the right way in the right time frame. And, and that's going to cost you time. And usually time is going to cost you points. So simulating stage length, number of targets, the sequence of things that you're going to do in the right order, and then manipulating your equipment is going to pay dividends. And um, if you're doing, let's, let, let's take it out of this context and say PRS. If what you're doing is building brake drills where you stand there with your stuff and you throw down a position and you say, okay, I'm doing it in 10 seconds, 8 seconds, 6 seconds, 12 seconds, whatever it is, that's, that's not what you do at the competition, right? That's the first thing you do when a stage starts, potentially. But you only do that once, and then you've got all the rest of your shots that aren't standing there with your stuff in your hand, throwing it down and shooting. Your stuff's already down, and then you have to pick it up. Then you have to move. Then you have to get back down. Then you have to, you have to, you have to know how you're going to get up off the ground to get to kneeling, get from kneeling to standing, standing to prone, and all the various combinations. And if you're not integrating those positions in a fluid manner, you're missing out on a lot of training potential that simulates what you're going to do, even though you don't necessarily know the exact sequence, it helps because then you could simulate movement, hitches, planning, so on and so forth. And when you have a really good plan and that scaffolding's in place, there's a lot that you can lean on to and you can be much more relaxed and less stressed in the moment. If you're shooting on animal-shaped targets, looking for animal-shaped targets is going to be better than looking at, at circles, looking at squares, looking at diamonds, uh, looking at targets on stands and hangers that are similar to the stands and hangers or straps that you're going to be using in the field is going to help when, you're, when your brain, your peripheral vision, your subconscious notices the thing that you're looking for, um, it can help track you in and remember where it is versus something that now you're seeing for the first time and your brain's trying to make sense of, okay, that's what I'm looking for. I need to look more things that look like that. You immediately know what you're looking for. You immediately just check it off and move to the next sequence. And that effective simulation can be pretty basic and it can be extremely detailed depending on your level of those skills that lead up to this. And so my caution would be, you know, taking it farther than your particular ability warrants. If you're training things that are too hard or too high of a level compared to the metrics that you have before it, you're going to be tuning a small subset of those skills and, and you won't be able to really build that solid base, which is why I think that 
the proficient technical skills of the rifle craft, multi-position, multi-height shooting, making sure your accuracy is good before you go out, you have a big solid foundation to go on. If if you just if you're a four-inch shooter shooting at a one MOA target, absolutely you could hit it, right? You know, any rifle could hit any target size. It's just whether it's repeatable and it's got a hit percentage possibility that is um, good enough for what you're trying to do. I, I, you know, if if you're struggling still to get a good sight picture, if you're struggling with any sort of wobble whatsoever in most modern positions, I would be working that before I started working too much of the field shooting positions or the, the, some of the wind reading stuff because typically that wobble is gonna be bigger than the variation that you're gonna get from that stuff. So you, know, you definitely wanna make sure your shooting standards are within the size of the targets before you start adding these simulations. But once you're there and once you're capable of it, I'm not talking about whether the rifle system has an inherent accuracy of a quarter of an inch. I'm talking about your ability in all these positions to keep the shots in the target size that you're going to be shooting at. Then you start layering in the simulations. Because if you're not, you're just adding error to a system that already has probably more error than allows for you know, guaranteed hits. Um, you want to make sure that those base things are squared away first and as soon as your 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 hit probability leaves the target size uh it doesn't make sense to move on to those higher higher level things and sometimes i I draw circles and i I might make a video of this again but you know i I like to draw concentric circles and it kind of ends up looking like this multi-ring like layers of the earth or almost even an eyeball and it's got um it's got a you know, the center is inherent accuracy. And then the next layer outside of that is going to be, you know, system and support gear wobble and, and, and inaccuracy input. And then it's going to be shooter fundamentals and fundamental errors, which is going to be kind of your craft drill. And then if you layer in stress, usually that's going to open up some more. So then you've got, you know, your base level, no stress. Then you've got the stress level, which is a little bit more. And then you're going to have environmentals after that. But if your inherent accuracy is adding two inches, I wouldn't worry too much about wind calling because, first of all, you can ask, and a wind call, if you've got inherent accuracy that you're adding maybe an MOA or two, you're probably reading wind at a level of error that's less than that to begin with. So I would would tackle the big one and then layer in this... um, effective simulation and that effective simulation it doesn't necessarily have to you, you know most shooters don't have a field where they can set up a field stage and practice it but you can watch videos you can take high resolution pictures print them out blow them up and get sight pictures of those photographs through your rifle scope you can practice building up those positions and breaking them down transitioning those positions from one to another looking at at obstacles that might be in the way and trying to figure out and pre-plan and then go through that routine in a time frame that's appropriate for the competition that you're doing. But at some point, you're going to want to simulate the thing that you're doing. And it can't just be putting up a big piece of steel and hitting it a bunch and saying, all right, I'm good to go. Because if that's not what you're going to be doing at the competition, you're probably not as good to go as you could be if you were doing something else. 
And that is going to link your nervous system to the motor patterns of the technical skills that we get as shooters. But the technical skills of shooting are pretty simple. What makes it hard is that you need to link those technical skills to all the peripheral and motor sensory things that our minds are doing so that you can be aware of those subtleties that are important that make a difference as you start climbing up the ranks. And the closer you can get to the real thing, the better it's going to be for those people that have the appropriate skill level. So think about what you might be able to do to effectively simulate the outlet that you're doing. Some people have built PRS barricades and they practice moving through it really fast. And that's really good for the PRS barricade. Some people build other barricades or, or they have VTAC boards that they can run through if they're doing a competition or a test on a VTAC board. But for a PRS match, you're going to train simulations that are much different than for an NRL hunter. And that's going to be much different than a competition dynamics match. And the differences are going to make a difference when you're out there in the field. And you can often see people that didn't do the appropriate training, even though they might be good in one of those outlets, their skills fall short of where they would expect them to be when they switch those competition outlets at first. And then the ones that pick up quickly, they understand what they need to do to fill in those gaps and simulate it so that those things get linked. But if they're not linked to begin with, you can start to do that by watching videos, by creating things that are dynamic, that look and feel and act more like what you're going to do. Uh, that's going to be really important when it comes to the final performance that you have. And it's worth writing down and trying to figure out what you can do and what you think would help to do it at home or at the range before you head out. Because um, if you're not, I think you're um, sacrificing points and sacrificing appreciating what it is that you're out there doing. Um, anyway, that's the thought on effective simulation. It's going to be specific to your outlet. It needs to be specific to your outlet, and it needs to be practiced to the point of familiarity so that then your senses and your nervous system can combine those technical motor skill functions to the cognitive uh, decision-making functions. And when they're linked... It's like you driving a car now, and you'll be driving that car much more effectively when you're aware and you have those uh, skills combined to a proficient level, and you're smooth and not stalling the car and jerking and slamming the brakes and weaving all over the place. You want to be good at what you're doing, and to do that, you kind of got to be doing as much of the real thing as possible. If you like it, share it, subscribe it. Uh, Send me an email, chris at riflecraft.com, and I will see you next time.